Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group, our weekly webinar to support and strengthen the work of Triangles and the Planetary Network. Let's just begin with a brief moment of silence to link up with all Triangles workers throughout the world at this time when we approach the Gemini Festival on Wednesday. We know, O oh Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So today is May 24th, 2012, and we come together each week to create this platform to introduce the work of triangles to new people and to aid them in the forming of triangles. The work is simply um, a visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Three people agreed each day to establish a line of lighted loving communication between themselves and agree to do this every day. They work together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Their triangle is then placed within the larger planetary network of triangles and as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded as a means of uplifting human consciousness and touching all minds and hearts that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. And we wanted to let you know that in honor of World Invocation Day, which occurs this Wednesday, um, the Lucis Trust has released uh, a new website, worldinvocationday.org. And we encourage all people to um, use this website as a way of introducing friends and coworkers to World Invocation Day. And the website is available in eight different languages. So please do share the link, share the information on this site. It's geared towards people who are new to this work. And so we hope that it will serve the purpose of making this important day um, a truly global event. Um, and so then thereby all triangles workers and others who work regularly with the Great Invocation will find that our work is empowered by the many others who are also sounding forth the Great Invocation on Wednesday. And together we can serve to lift 
the invocative cry of humanity into the highest center. And then we can stand together as a group uh, in receiving and distributing the evoked energies. And we have a couple of other announcements on tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. New York time. We'll be having the Gemini Festival with a Zoom meeting and the link will be on our website and also in the chat box. So we encourage you to join in in preparing for World Invocation Day on Wednesday. Um, there will also be a Goodwill webinar that takes place on Wednesday at 12 noon. And we'll also have the link here for you. And then the next coming and final Arcane School Conference will be on this coming Saturday and Sunday. And the link will also be there on the chat box and on our website. And today we are blessed again to have Eduardo Grimalia from Argentina, who will be sharing with us on Hercules and the conquest of duality. And just to let you know that we are going to be updating our mailing list over the next two weeks. And you might have noticed we've only been sending out one emailing this week. So it might have confused a few people. But so over the next two weeks, we're going to be updating our list. So everyone will have to re-register in order to keep receiving email announcements. But you can also go to our website under triangles.org slash webinar. And you can always get into the webinar that way. And also one final request, we have a per, a, two people who are looking for a third member of their to form a triangle. So if anyone would like to do that, you could put your name in the chat box and they will be happy to work with you and we will connect you with them. So now as we do each week, let's work together in our visualization visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Now visualize within that sphere, a triangle composed of the three planetary centers, Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing around the triangle in all directions from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light.
superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star, the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past, present, and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the spheres of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star through the five points. London. Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups meeting everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. link with the spiritual hierarchy and sound the mantra. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So now we're moving towards the conclusion of the higher interlude period with this Wednesday's celebration of the Gemini festival. And in true Gemini fashion, this festival has a dual focus, celebrating both the Christ, the God man, the first member of the human kingdom to have achieved liberation. But we also celebrate on this festival humanity 
the agents of goodwill and the planetary center through which the plan must work out. And this year, the festival is augmented by its alignment with a powerful lunar eclipse. The three planetary rulers of the sign Gemini are Mercury, Venus, and the Earth. And they form a powerful systemic triangle that becomes activated at this time. Both Mercury and Venus stand as light bearers to Earth. Each take in extra light from the sun, step it down, transmute it, and share it, a portion of it directly with our planet. Mercury bringing in the light and Venus bringing in the love as embodied in the two great teachers of our planet, the Buddha and the Christ. This dual stream floods all kingdoms in nature, pouring in from the highest and anchoring itself in the lowest. And it aids us all to move into the light and to become a sacred planet. We who work in triangles can likewise become open to the opportunities that this time offers to work together as distributing agents in the stepping down of this inpouring light. At this time when the cumulative energies of the entire festivals period are poured forth and focalized through the center humanity, we are aided to fulfill the injunction of the fourth stanza of the great invocation, which highlights the task of the human kingdom. This stanza states, from the center, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. And this task that's demanded of humanity is encapsulated in this final center, final stanza. For humanity is the center wherein the higher forces meet, blend, and are anchored. And humanity's responsibility is highlighted in a passage from Discipleship in the New Age, Volume 2. It reads, here, humanity, here and here alone lies the promise of the future and its hope and opportunity. Here and here alone can all the divine qualities in time and space express themselves and find fulfillment. Here and here alone can love be truly born, intelligence correctly function, and the will of God demonstrate its effective goodwill. Through humanity alone and unaided, except by the divine spirit in every human being, can the door where evil dwells be sealed. It is not Sanakumara who seals that door. It is not the hierarchy which forces evil back into the place from whence it comes. It is struggling, aspiring, and suffering humanity to whom the task is committed. And my brother, humanity is adequate to the task. So that's from page 159. Therefore, whatever steps we can undertake in our daily lives to fulfill the opportunity 
standing before us at this time will be met in full measure by the overshadowing forces that are available to us at this time, the forces of reconstruction. These forces are here to aid humanity in its task of building the new heaven and the new earth. So let's now work together in our meditation, coming together in group fusion. Lincoln thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. Project a bridge of lighted energy towards the highest center and sound the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network.
Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Project the rainbow bridge to the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come 
and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. distribution, sound the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to welcome Eduardo Grimalia, who will be presenting a talk with us. Hi, Eduardo. Hello, Kathy. Thank you for a wonderful introduction and a wonderful meditation as well. It's always a joy to be here and share my thoughts. Hello, everyone. Let's share the screen now. Okay. In my last presentation, I introduced the subject of myth and I dealt with Hercules as the model, the paradigm of a spiritual disciple. And you're all invited to, to reread it. Hercules, like most heroes, is the son of a divine father and human mother. However, he is considered the greatest culture hero. The sources show him bridging the gap between cities, founding healing and spiritual centers, and clearing the land from many dangers. He may truly be seen as the symbol of the world disciple whose field of service is the whole planet. At one point in his life, the oracle of Delphi tells Hercules that he must serve his, the king Eurystheus, who sets him 12 labors, each of them related to one of the zodiacal signs. The Pythia, the, the priestess of the oracle, also promises him that if he succeeds to accomplish his labors, his reward will be immortality. According to mythographers, the labors of Hercules fall into two categories. Six of these labors consisting mainly in the capture of dangerous animals are performed within the boundaries of Greece whilst the undertakings of the second group lit the hero outside Greece throughout the world in all directions. We should note that the tasks in Gemini and Pisces include the underworld, the land of the dead, being Gemini, the test which involves the farthest wandering. His third labor consisted in collecting the golden apples from the sacred tree growing in the garden of a Hesperides. Hercules passed throughout the land seeking the tree, but he did not find it. A wise man, Nereus, was sent by the teacher to give a helping hand, but Hercules failed to recognize the messenger and the truth his words embodied. Having found nothing upon the northern way, he turned toward the dark south. He then encounters Antius, the serpent, a giant in other sources, who repeatedly defeated the hero until he realized that the only way to overcome the dragon was to seize it with both hands and lift it high in the air. He then meets Busiris, Busiris, the arch-deceiver, who enthralls him with the delusion of false wisdom, saying, 
my truth is right and all other truth is false. The beloved teacher bound the hero to an altar for a whole revolution of the sun. Hercules broke his bonds when he remembered what the wise Nereus had told him. Truth is within yourself. Hercules continued his search and wandered far until he hears the cry of Prometheus, who had been changed to a rock by Zeus. He was moved by his agony, caused by the vulture plucking at his liver. Hercules forgot about his search and learned the lesson of service. Finally, a rumor from a passing pilgrim led the hero to his goal. But the sacred tree would once again fade from mine as he saw the giant Atlas toiling under the weight of the world on his shoulders. Hercules lifted off onto his own back and almost as a miracle, the load rolled off Hercules's back and as he opened his eyes, he found his brother Atlas holding the golden apples. The three maidens who kept guard on the sacred tree approached him, placed apples in his hands and reminded him of his mission to go forth and serve. The task was fulfilled. The Hesperides were three nymphs maidens whose function was to keep guard on the garden of the gods and the golden apples that the goddess Gaia offered as a wedding present to Zeus and Hera when they got married. The gods fed on these apples, so they are mythically seen as givers of youth and immortality. Such magic apples appear in popular traditions of many nations, and the Greek poet Pindar spoke of such apples as growing in Elysium, the land the island of the blessed. This myth is so rich in meaning. Hesperis, one of the maidens, means evening star in Greek astrological texts and refers to the, the heliacal face of the planet Venus, the esoteric ruler of Gemini, when seen on the western horizon once the sun has set. It is considered a star of initiation. One interesting fact is that one of the maidens was called Erythia, meaning red in Greek, the color, and pointing to the setting sun and therefore related to the idea of life after death. The sun sets and therefore periodically dies in the Western horizon, stained red with his blood a deep and interesting connection with the 12th labor in Pisces here emerges. Erythia is also the name of the island of Gerion, the capture of whose cattle Hercules must undertake in order to get the jewel of immortality. So one is left wondering what these Western adventures, as they are called, may mean. Hercules is here conquering death, and it is not a coincidence that after his apotheosis, when he's transfigured into a god, he marries Hebe, the goddess of youth. 
the adventures of Gemini and Pisces relate Hercules to the conquest of the land of the dead. A famous Italian mythographer has shown the relationship of Hercules with healing centers and hot springs, those caves filled with vapors were considered to be entrances to the underworld. One of the most ancient traditions recalls that the main function of Hercules, Heracles, was to face death and win immortality. As with all disciples, Hercules had to conquer glamour and illusion on the physical plane. Antius, Antaius in Greek is a serpent, but in some other sources, he's a giant, the son of Poseidon, god of the waters, and Gaia, the earth. He would challenge all passers-by to wrestling matches, and he was invincible as long as he remained in contact with the ground. In wrestling matches, opponents are overcome by forcing them to the ground, as we know. The only way to defeat Antius was to lift him up into the air. He is thus the symbol of astralism and lower psychism, which the disciple must lift high into the mind realms. The power and spell of blind aspiration and the search for a master in the physical plane is suggested by Busiris, who enchains the hero to his limited and narrow vision of truth. He might as well, we might as well ask ourselves how many times along the path we have been, we have metaphorically been bound to an altar. How many teachers have we found along the way who claimed to be initiates and custodians of truth? It was Nereus who first came to Hercules whispering words of true wisdom. Nereus is here the symbol of the higher self and later of the teaching master. A real master will not be concerned with the petty personal details of the disciple's life and will give but hints, clues and disappear so that the disciple finds the way by himself. However, the most remarkable episode of this story, in my opinion, is the rescue of Prometheus. In this monumental crossroads intersection of myths, Hercules meets the Titan bound to a rock. Prometheus is said by Blavatsky to be the most suggestive of all traditional allegories and many pages are devoted to the elucidation of this myth in the secret doctrine, the Titan is made the symbol of the solar angel. Prometheus is not a hero. A hero is half divine and half human, therefore the right symbol of the struggling incarnated disciple. Instead, Prometheus comes from a lineage of gods who came into existence before the Olympian gods themselves, therefore suggesting a primeval mystery. As a crucified god, he is the personification of a celestial man who incarnated in humanity, 
on the human level, he is the human soul bound to the lower self. This myth, according to Blavatsky, hides the secret of the fallen angels of the soul immersed in matter. Can we see how the mystery of the curse, the fall into matter, is related to the problem of the mind and the opposites? In the biblical garden of Eden, the serpent gives the apple to Eve, and with its acceptance came the knowledge of the polar opposites, the problem lying at the core of Gemini. Venus, the esoteric ruler of Gemini, when a morning star was called Phosphorus in Greek astrological texts, meaning the light bearer, the light bringer. It should not be surprising that its Latin translation is Lucifer, the name of the mythical fallen angel. Prometheus represents the planet Mercury, the esoteric ruler of Gemini. In esoteric astrology, one with the sun, the mind as a messenger, one with the soul, and above all, the problem of fire. As a matter of fact, the name Prometheus, meaning forethought in Greek, comes from a Sanskrit root, meaning to torment and to stir up violently as if one were kindling a fire. Blavatsky explains that it veils the mystery of fire by, by friction and therefore of matter. This myth is of such depth that the mind finds itself dazzled by it. It is then no wonder that it is the disciple Hercules who faces and frees the solar lord tied to the rock of matter and drives away the knowing vulture of never satisfied desire. Hercules then frees Atlas from the burden of physical earth, thus becoming a server on the physical plane. In this act of self-forgetfulness, the burden vanishes, vanishes. The fivefold surge in Gemini makes Hercules conqueror of the three lower planes. The eternal truth of the polar opposites, duality, and the fall into matter are beautifully represented by the two brightest stars of the constellation Gemini, Castor and Pollux. These in turn personify the chan and channel the energies of two major clusters of stars, the Pleiades and the constellation of the Great Bear, both groups of seven stars. The great mystery of the cosmic Christ upon the cross of matter is tied up with the relationship already recognized in ancient times between the stars of the great bear as the husbands and the seven stars of the Pleiades, their wives, we're told. These two groups of stars represent the macrocosm while Castor and Pollux can be seen as the microcosm. Castor was regarded by the ancients 
as mortal and Pollux as immortal. And in fact, they match the astronomical fact that the brightness of Castor is progressively diminishing from the astronomical point of view, whilst that of Pollux is waxing. Within these two brothers lies hidden the secret of the resolution of duality. Gemini includes another important star as well, Sirius, the symbol of the universal soul. The energies of Gemini bring the resolution of duality into a fluid synthesis. It governs the pairs of opposites and preserves the magnetic interplay between them, we are told. So they bring us a, an important lesson, the fusion in consciousness of the polar opposites and the need for the disciple to register contact with the soul in his physical brain and waking consciousness. On this upcoming festival of the Christ, as we approach the Gemini full moon, let us realize as well that this goal of fusion with the higher and the lower is inherent in the great invocation. In Gemini, Hercules became a server on the physical plane. He was not told in what direction lay the garden. For his task, he had to search the whole planet and pass through the luminous north, the dark south, east and west, and as we said before, even the underworld, the land of the dead. He traveled alone with nothing but a few hints, as any disciple does. He lost his way many times, as we all do, only to finally realize that he himself was the path, that the truth was inside him. When he forgot about his goals in order to serve, he was never mistaken, because each act of service eventually revealed his next step ahead. Can we see now that this particular myth is so rich in meaning each character in the story conveying some lesson to be learned. As we said, myths are the expression of universal truths frequently veiled in symbolism. Hercules, that ancient disciple, is or will be the story of each one of us who decides to tread this spiritual path of a hero. Thank you. That's all. Thank you, Eduardo. Thank you so much. That was very rich and many thoughts I'm sure will be forthcoming. Um, it just, when I was listening to you, it just really made me think that how, in particular, this myth, it seems, shares so many different stages of the path in one, in one labor. So in a way, you could say the whole trajectory of the whole wheel was almost contained in this one sign. And so perhaps we could find the same in all of the labors, like each labor can, is so multi-leveled, multi-tiered. It isn't like as if one individual starts out and then is magically transformed in that one life to undertake those tremendous uh, liberations that he made, but at the end with Prometheus and Atlas. 
So I wondered if you had any thoughts about that. I mean, it, it definitely seems like not one lifetime experience in this, in this labor. It was a many different levels of experience. That, that's a very rich thought. Uh, we tend to imagine the path of something that goes on and on, but we forget about that very important law within the, the esoteric doctrine, the doctrine of cycles. Of, yeah. Uh, even the, the spiritual path, I think, uh, is shows the law of cycles in which uh, advancements, sometimes recapitulations, yeah. different stages are relived and re-endured. And uh, but I think that in in especially in, in these three myths, Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, for a reason. Uh, they sort of condensed most of the experience of the disciple. Yeah. Imagine a Prometheus, the, the yeah. fact that, that Hercules meets face to face with Prometheus yeah. is, has enormous implications. Yes. Yeah. Monumental myths. Yeah. Uh, yes. It is. Um, I, I think it's uh, sort of the, the 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 contrast between the incarnated struggling disciple and then the problem of fire, which shows the efforts of the soul to communicate with the reflection, so to say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The soul on its plane, it's free, but as a human soul, he's tied to the bond, bonds of matter, to the rock of matter. And it is the disciple who releases the bonds. And, and you know, when, when I said that, it drives away the knowing vulture of, of never satisfied desire. Mm. I implied that there's many mysteries behind that. The very mystery of procreation, of individuality, that what happened, uh, 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 what is called the Lemurian race, individuality, individualization, the problem of the division of the sexes and, 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 and how certain energy fed the brain, the, the, you know, the opposite, the good and evil, the curse, how uh, man uh, went into matter. Of course, there's a difference now. And I think the clue is in the fact that in, in, in uh, one, well, Alice Bailey, uh, pays attention to that too, that in the, in the Garden of Eden, there's one apple involved, but then in the Garden of the, of the Hesperides, Hercules is given many apples. Mm. So it's, uh, it's more another step, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which involves the whole of humanity. Yes. Uh, it's, it's the richness of meaning of, of myth is astounding, really. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, so I believe, if I've heard correctly, that there now, if you'd like to raise your hand, you click on the reactions button. I'm not 100% sure if that is the truth. But if anyone has uh, a raise, would like to raise their hand, they could do that. Let's see if anyone has. I don't see. So there's a number of comments. Would you like to read those or respond to those? See. Let's see, let's go up. Yes. 
Matthew, I think uh, of Hercules as representing the great soul qualities of spiritual strength, striving and the will to overcome all material and psychic obstacles to achieving the goal of liberation and divine realization. Yes, exactly. There's mm. a, a uh, raised hand with Catherine. So let's see. Hello, Catherine. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Um, well, first of all, thank you both so much. This is a topic so dear to my heart. Um, Eduardo, I would love it if you could clarify just a little bit. I think I missed the reference about um, how the heroes correspond to Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. Um, so if you could just spell that out a little bit, that would be lovely. Uh, I don't think I completely understand understood the question, Catherine. Um, you mean, what do you mean exactly that the hero corresponds to Aries, Taurus, and Gemini? Oh, I'm sorry, maybe I misheard, but I thought you and Kathy just had sort of elucidated that uh, the three heroes you dealt with corresponded to the energies of Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. So I thought I would inquire about that. Well, no, I think, I mean, Hercules is assigned 12 labors by Eurythius. Well, uh, so the whole trajectory along the, the zodiac uh, shows him performing many tasks of different types. Mm, what I meant that is that the, what we consider the signs belonging to the higher interlude of the year, the three main full moons, Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, in some way concentrate the, 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 the core of the experiences of, of the disciple, of the mind, uh, desire, illumination in, in Gemini, when you have five steps involving many aspects, involving psychism, involving the mind, uh, involving uh, faith, the concept of faith, uh, and finally becoming a server on the physical plane. Uh, the fact that contact with the soul is registered in the physical brain. So it's a monumental step for the disciple. And I would also emphasize the fact that in Gemini, you have the widest, the farthest wandering. So uh, in a way, it is indicating that Hercules is sort of a world disciple. His field of service has so increased yeah. that co covers the whole planet, so to say. So uh, I meant that Aries, Taurus, and Gemini could be considered as three very important steps, which in a way summarize the whole uh, trajectory of the path. Yeah. In, only in that sense, but, but of course, there are 12 tasks to be performed. And in a way, they are cyclic. Some tasks are, in a way, a recapitulation of, of tasks mm. done before. And uh, it's not a, well, the path itself is not a straight line. The fact that we have to understand the path as an inner path that we ourselves are the path changes everything in a way. It's not the hero uh, 
you know, uh, moving on in, in, in a, a path in, in space and time. I think it's a higher concept than that. Involves, it involves cycles, recapitulations, uh, some new things being added, new challenges, so to say. Thank you, Catherine. I, I found it interesting also to reflect on the idea that he was taken in by a charlatan teacher. But as a result of that, this incredible service opened up to him. So it should give the disciples of the world hope that, you know, instead of feeling terrible if they might pass through a similar experience of being taken in by a glamour or an illusion, but yet if they can learn from it, yeah. something else can open up that's and wonderful. That, that will eventually uh, result in an increased illumination, increased yeah. possibilities and potentialities developed, right? Yes, yes. And so when we look at humanity as a whole, we can just project onto humanity, even at our lowest points of glamour and illusion, out of it, we wake up, right? We wake up yeah. to, to new possibilities. So here's another question or comment from Maria Cristina. Hello, Maria Cristina. Hello, and thank you, of course. I have a very specific I mean, I've often wondered, Prometheus comes up twice. He, he frees Prometheus first um, in Gemini, I guess. But then Prometheus comes up again, I think it's in Capricorn. So that he frees Prometheus twice. Do you recall that? I, it wasn't in Capricorn. Well, he, yes, but twice he's also frees yes. him. He exactly. he frees him under the sign of cat. It's one of the labors. It's yeah. one of the labor. He he comes across him in Gemini, and then and frees Prometheus, that inner divine self. But then he again is asked with freeing Prometheus a second time. Yeah, what what an interesting thought, really. And, and I've often uh, wondered about that. I think it adds to, to, to the idea of cycles, that things are the same task is performed on another level, perhaps. Mm. Being Capricorn, perhaps the sign mm. of initiation. Mm. Uh, one sees that uh, in a way, the same tasks are on another level and they are cyclically repeated, so to say. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's an amazing okay. thought, really. Yeah, yeah, it, it's there under the, the, he's given that task twice. Hmm. Well, you. you know, thank you. Do you know yeah. that uh, in the Mahabharata of, of India, in the, uh, it happens the same to Arjuna. Sure. Uh, we know the Bhagavad Gita, right? But then, you know, the Bhagavad Gita is inserted within the Mahabharata, the great India, mm -hmm. the great war. And mm -hmm. then one of the books following that, Krishna mentions that Arjuna is facing the same troubles and sometimes mm -hmm. not succeeding. 
and overcoming the hindrances. Right, so right. it seems that it's a universe. It's universal. That's, uh, the law of cycles is involved. I think it's very significant that he meets Prometheus once again. Yeah. And I think it has to do with that. that uh, on, on another level, the same release, the same rescue has to be performed. As he has to do with the serpent as well. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, the serpent, although in some sources, there's a giant here, comes again under the guise, in the guise of the Hydra in Scorpio. And the method to overcome it, to defeat it, is exactly the same. He, he must lift right. it up into the air. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, I mean, thank you. It's kind of just interesting. I sometimes wonder, especially about Prometheus for some reason. He just... Hmm. Now, thank you very much, Maria. That, that, that were, those were very interesting thoughts. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, Eduardo, let's have time for one more. I don't see any more raised hands, but one more comment that you might like to read and respond to. Um, Someone's asking if this is going to be posted. We do have it posted on our triangles. It will be posted on the triangles blog, um, which you can find on the triangles page. And it's also being streamed live onto the Triangles Meditation Group Facebook page. So you can see it again there. Mm. Uh, Suzanne uh, says here, it seems that all that the disciples, disciples need to go through all of the astrological signs, yes, and meets the, meet the demons to understand the vices of humanity, correct? We learn from symbology and stories. Mm. No. Okay, yes, indeed, indeed. He has to go through all the signs. And uh, in a way, that's, that, that is exactly what I meant by calling uh, Hercules a culture hero. And what was that, what kind of hero? A what kind of hero? Culture hero. Oh, across, culture. His tasks are cross-cultural. It means that uh, it bridges the differences between cultures, languages, uh, he constructs dams and, and, and performs feats of engineering also. He founds the Olympics, the healing centers, altars and spiritual centers. So this is what we call a culture hero, the hero yeah. that contributes to the welfare of humanity, which, uh, who eradicates danger makes uh, imposes peace on, on all lands and fosters peace, fosters understanding. The very fact that Hercules has traveled so much, it is, is a symbol of fostering understanding, bridging between cultures and all that. In that way, I think that it is really the symbol of a disciple. Yes, yeah, wonderful. And the demons, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> the symbols of all the demons he encounters, right? The, the dangerous animals. Mm. Yeah. It seems like there's that mention, it seems like the fourth initiation, on the verge of the fourth initiation, there's still a vulture on his shoulder, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the very... great dweller, 
yes. you know, on the threshold. Yeah. Of... Yes. Well, Eduardo, this was so rich, and I think we're going to have to have more on the labors of Hercules from you, if you'll agree to it. Why, why not? Yes. 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 We'll be glad to. Yes. Be wonderful. Uh, so great. thank you so much. And thank all of the audience for their participation. And I'll thank forward you, all these, I'll forward all these comments to, yeah. to you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Kathy. It was really a joy to be here. Thank you. Great. And let's all hold these inspirations with us as we move towards the full moon on Wednesday. And let's now close with a moment of silence. Thank you.